we are still in the season and time that follows the resurrection. We know that the world has put away all of the Easter things, and now they're looking toward the mother things, yet we're still caught, so to speak, back at the biggest event in history. The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We're still celebrating that. In fact, you know what? We've been celebrating it for years. Every Sunday, we commemorate, we honor, we remember that Jesus Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. You know, it's not just the celebration, but it's the actual fact that he is alive in our lives. That's why we call ourselves Christians, not because we have any kind of a code or a lifestyle or a dogma. We have a life in us by the one who overcame as a life giver. That's our Lord Jesus Christ. No one has ever claimed that, I don't believe, nor have they been able to demonstrate it. And God himself demonstrated who his son was by raising him from the dead. That's our greatest witness. And if he is not risen, then we, of all people, are the most stupid people on the face of the earth. And I look out at you and I don't see stupid people. I see people that are, yes, peculiar. (laughs) That's what the Bible calls us. We are a peculiar people, a special people. And I see that in the lives of my brothers and sisters, and I want to be with them. And that is why I think we have gathered here today, is we want to come together on the first day of the week to celebrate that he is risen. Along with that, God has witnessed for centuries that after the Passover, after the sacrifice of the lamb, comes the feast of unleavened bread, and following right on that is the first fruits offering, and the 50 days, the 49 days of celebration of first fruits. And that's what we are celebrating, that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. I was corrected by a very astute teacher in our midst that I misspoke. And when I did misspeak, I realized I had misspoken. But I said that we are the first fruits. Well, that is not true. We are the result of the first fruits of Jesus Christ being risen from the dead. And so because he lives, we live also. Amen. Well, two disciples, we only know the name of one, who were witnesses of having walked with Jesus. And when the crucifixion of Jesus happened, they were like many of us, sad, disappointed, They had 
this on their hearts. They were heavy in their hearts of what they had experienced. And I think all of us can identify with these two brothers and their disappointment in what was happening. And we're going to read about that. My message title, On the Way to Emmaus. And behold, two of them were going that very day to a village named Emmaus. Emmaus is uh, onsen. That's what it means, hot baths, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things which had taken place. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself approached and began traveling with them. But their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. And he said to them, what are these words that you're exchanging with one another as you're walking along? And they stood still. In other words, they stopped in their tracks and looked sad. One of them, named Cleopas, answered and said to him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and unaware of the things which have happened here in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, The things about Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, in the sight of God and of all people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to the sentence of death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides this, it is the third day since these things happened. But also some women among us amazed us when they were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body. They came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just exactly as the woman had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish men and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken, was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory then beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. And they approached the village where they were going. And he acted as though he were going to go further. But they urged him saying, stay with us for it is getting toward evening and the day is now nearly over. So we went in to stay with them. When he had reclined at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it, and breaking it, he began giving it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to one another, were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road, while he was explaining the scriptures to us? And they got up that very hour, and returned to Jerusalem and found gathered together the eleven and those who were with them, saying, The Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. They began to relate their experiences on the road and how he was recognized by them in the breaking of the bread. My first point here is blindness, taken from uh, the first section of this story. 
going to place of seeking. And the third point, truth encounter. And then finally, revelation. In other words, not the book of Revelation, but the revelation of Jesus Christ. Let's look at blindness in verses uh, 13 to 18. You know, blindness is a terrible thing. I can't imagine being blind. In fact, lately I've been quite disturbed that there's things that I cannot read. And uh, I hate glasses. And I don't have contacts because I can't stand anything being in my eye. But I thank the Lord that I can still read. But blindness is a very terrible thing. Did you know that every one of us started out blind? Not that we had a disease or a, a deficit in our vision. Well, I looked at it a little bit on the internet. You know, you can find out a lot of... <laughs> they said it takes about one month before a baby can really focus. They can see light and motion, but they can't tell what it is. And it probably is because the pupil is dilated. It takes about three to four months for the baby to really recognize colors and objects in motion, those kind of things. In one month, however, this is a fantastic thing. In one month, at one foot away, which is about what you would hold a baby if you were looking in his or her eyes, this little tiny thing, and you smile, you look in their eyes, and you'll get that look on their face. Whoa! You know what that does to a grandpa? It is incredible. And that is what we have been created for. You know what I've already preached here many, many times from this pulpit. That when God created Adam and he blew into his nostrils the breath of life and Adam opened up his eyes and looked into the face of God. What a smile came across both faces. God's and Adam's. That's what God has instilled in us as human beings. He's given us his life breath. So blindness is really a tragic thing that happens to us. But more so than physical blindness, it's blindness of heart is worse than blindness of eye. And that's what was happening to these guys, Cleopas and his buddy. They didn't recognize him. And it says they were discussing about these things. You know, the things of life really blind us. Bye-bye. <laughs> we're so concerned about the things of life when in fact it's the things of life that God has put in our life, we should see his hand in it. But we don't. And these brothers were no different than we are. 
They got consumed by the things. Things in this passage is mentioned seven times. I highlighted them, and I don't know whether you were counting as, as I went through the, the reading this morning, but things tend to blind us. And we get caught up with them, and we don't really see the truth or the light in what they were sent to us for. It says that their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. Well, some people say, well, that was probably God's blinding their eyes. You know what? I don't think so. Can you imagine you watch a man being crucified on a cross? They had experienced overwhelm. Here's a man that they had been putting their hopes and trust in for almost three years. And they saw him come to an ignominious end. Can you imagine the mind shock, the blindness, that they would not be able to understand what really happened? So they were discussing this as they were walking on the way. We would be in the same spot. I would. Because I'd like to figure out these things. And so that's what they were doing as they were walking along. By the way, they were walking away from Jerusalem to the hot springs. And when they had this man come up to them, who out of nowhere just was walking along with them, are you the only one? And he was asking what things and were happening, what are we talking about? Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and unaware of the things which have happened here in these days? So they knew that uh, either this guy was completely out of it or he was just a complete stranger at that moment. And they did not recognize him. I don't believe it was God who shut their eyes. I think that they were so consumed in what they were dealing with. Things can blind our eyes. In our second passage, we're looking at what happens then. Jesus said to them, what things? And here we have to deal with the honesty of God. He is truth. I don't believe that Jesus also was just saying, what things are bothering you? What things are you talking about? What things are on your heart, What on your mind? I think just like God the Father, God the Creator, asked Adam and Eve, where are you? Who told you? Those questions, that's what Jesus did. Asked us searching questions. And so he says, what things? Well, here's where Cleopas again speaks up. The things about Jesus the Nazarene. A prophet. We were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. It is the third day since these things happened. Some women amazed us by saying he was not there. An angel said he was alive. Him they did not see. So blindness isn't just physical. It's also those things of life that blind us. And oftentimes 
we are blinded and can't see that God is in our lives and seeking to show us himself and the answers that we're searching for. Those kind of situations should put us into a seeking mode, seeking him, seeking to understand what he's doing in our lives. But they hadn't come to that place yet. If you kind of analyze what Cleopas's testimony was, well, he was Jesus the Nazarene. Well, where's Nazareth? Well, who cares about Nazareth? What, what good comes out of Nazareth? Well, he was a prophet. Was he? Is that all he was? Is just a prophet? We were hoping that it was he was going to redeem Israel. Just hoping? Or did you know the scriptures? Do you know that he said this many, many times? In three days, this temple will be raised up. Some of the women, oh, guys, women are not dumb. No response. (laughs) (laughs) Women had told them that he was alive. And on top of that, angels told them. And then the fact that Jesus they did not see. So there you go. That's where his faith was. That's as far as Cleopas and his friend had discussed and had not come to real truth and life. Yeah, they were followers, but they hadn't come to that place truly in their lives to know the resurrection power of Jesus Christ and what God had promised over the ages truth encounter. And Jesus says to them, O foolish men and slow of heart to believe. Someone told us just this last week that that Jesus was kind and good. Moses was harsh and condemning. But it sounds to me like this verse here, O foolish men. And several of our English translations do translate that as O foolish men. But really the Aramaic says it this way. I like like this. The Aramaic Bible. Then Yeshua said to them, O deficit of mind and slow of heart to believe in all the things that the prophets have spoken. He, He wasn't calling you fool. He was saying, you haven't got enough information yet. Let me share with you. And so Jesus then asked them another question. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? Wow. Then it says, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, He explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. How many of you are taking Old Testament survey from Makiko? How long is her scheduled Old Testament survey class? Two years. A two-year study. Look at if you're not taking that class, you need to get into that class. You really do. It's worth it. 
But beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. How long was the walk from Jerusalem to Emmaus? 11 and a half kilometers or seven miles. How long can you do that? Well, it's probably downhill, for one thing. Like hours. Hours? Two and a half hours, okay. It's a little shorter than two years. He told them all about himself through the Old Testament scriptures. Oh, I'd give anything to have walked down that walk. Wow. And you know what has happened to Katie and I in the last few years? We have become so fascinated with finding Jesus in the Old Testament. In fact, have I preached anything else from this pulpit in these last two years? Jesus did it in two hours, you're saying? Three hours, whatever. What a walk. What an incredible walk of knowing and hearing this about the Savior, the promised Redeemer, the Messiah. Revelation. Jesus was saying that, well, giving the impression that he was just going to go on, and they invited him to stay. Jesus will never be a presuming visitor in your life. If you say no, he will stand at the door and knock. If any man opens the door, I will come in and fellowship with him. That's where Jesus comes. He gives us our privacy. He gives us the choice. Are we going to open the door and let him come in and reveal himself to us? That's what it's about in your devotion time, in your prayer time, in your Christian walk of having that kind of heart toward the one who gave himself completely for us. So Jesus takes the bread, blessed it, and breaking it, he began giving it to them. He was the guest, but he was the host because he was giving himself and demonstrating to them who he was. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. That's all they needed. That's all they needed. And they said to one another, were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road? While he was explaining the scriptures to us? They got up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found gathered together the eleven, those who were with them, saying, the Lord is really risen and has appeared to Simon. And they began to relate their experiences on the road and how he was recognized by them in the breaking of the bread. You know, things 
can confuse us. Things that happen to us. We can get disoriented. We can get thrown off balance in our lives. But the Lord wants us to experience him. And he gives us opportunity upon opportunity to invite him into our lives so that we can experience walking with him on a daily basis. That's the Lord. He's risen. He's really risen. Amen. 